1: Hello again, it is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and and talking to the folks that make these cars go around the racetrack. We love getting a chance to catch up with folks. Really enjoy this show, and we're glad you tuned in here this week on Crew Call. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network. I'm joined by 25 time and championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, well, you didn't have to figure fuel mileage on Sunday afternoon. You would be good. You didn't this have to. This is true. Yeah, holy cow. You take the whole dynamic of Talladega, which in itself is chaos. And then you turn it into a fuel mileage race. Are you kidding me? We had a recipe for all kinds of excitement at the end. I
2: was excited. I was. I was glad to be able to watch this one and 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 not be partaking in the stress of it. Uh, really wondered what was going to happen. You 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 know that Talladega ends up with late restarts and green white checkers, and you know you, I'm watching all these guys and they're having to save fuel. Um, you know I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kudos to my my old. You know, my old driver. I thought Blaney did a phenomenal job of yeah. managing the race. Speaks for how much speed that the Jonathan Hassler put in the race car, but able to able to part throttle, save fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, the leader's in such a tough position there to, to save fuel, but he made it to the end that yeah. far uh, again yeah. uh, from from getting it done. But uh, uh, what a great race, and, and just so much going on in, in the end of it. It was a uh, it's speedway racing, really, truly is. Couple things
1: that stand out to me. Um, Randall Burnett, Kyle Busch. I, mm-hmm. I, this we, we talk a lot about crew chiefs, and, and we talk some about drivers. But uh, I, I will say this: uh, watching Richard Childress walk into Victory Lane at Talladega was quite the moment. We yeah. know there's certain places that are special to certain people, and when RC walked into Victory Lane at Talladega, that was neat. Great, great win for Randall, for Kyle, for RCR.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. And this is one that I think we all looked at and said, "This is a place that this team's going to be strong." You, you yeah. knew that Kyle was. Was really good. I mean, it just—I feel like I, I, I've yeah, said this before. Toyota, yeah. I feel like the Toyotas are, in, in a, and I think Toyota realizes that, and that's why they're they're looking to see where they can grow their program. But he didn't have enough teammates before. Now he's on a Chevrolet camp. He's got all the teammates and all the working mates yeah. uh, that he can, and especially at RCR because they they've got technical alliances as well. So you're able to race in a position. And I mean, you think of Talladega, you think of Richard Childress race. Yeah, it, it, it's so. This is fitting that it that it ends up this way. Yep. Um, you know, it's fifteen years between Kyle's wins there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, great to see RC back in, in victory lane. And um, you know, it's it was a great event. Yeah,
1: really truly was. Brad Keselowski racing. Boy, I am telling you what, you know, we we know Brad's prowess there, but I'm telling you, Chris Busher is Chris Busher is and he has sorted that thing out. We interviewed Chris in our in our qualifying show and I said, What is there about this place? That suits you so well. He says, it started by coming here and hating it mm-hmm. and then deciding I was not going to hate it. I was going to love it. And boy, he has figured that out. That That team, solid, solid effort, both cars up at the front of the field.
2: I, uh, I'm i pretty good friends with the engineer that worked with him at many years at, at our, uh-huh. RFK. And uh, they talked about, you know, it's, it's in it. I can almost see it, but talked about him being too nice, like, like yeah. not willing to throw the blocks, <laughs> yeah. not willing to be, you know, it, and, and it is, you hate the place because of it. And I think he's uh I think he's figured out the level of, of aggression he's gotta have and where he's gotta be. I was surprised because Brad really didn't race up front most no, of the he day. He didn't. I, I was I was actually caught a guard by that. I just that and then come the end of the race. He's I mean, he was right there pushing the I think he was pushing might have been pushing the eight car. I think he and he yeah, got he, hit. Yeah, he got he got hit. That's right. But he, got, but hit, he kept got rolling. Pushing the eight car, yeah. Yeah. So I mean he was Yeah. He was you shouldn't be surprised to see Brad Kozlowski at the front of a speedway race at Talladega. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just, he figures it out. Just great stuff. Just just fantastic stuff.
1: I just, uh, I find Talladega fascinating. I really do. And then and then you get your your, your J.J. Yeley top 10 finish. Mm-hmm. You you get, and I think that's the thing. And, and and today here on the program, we're going to talk about one of those feel-good Talladega stories. Um, Shane Whitbeck is crew chief for Jordan Anderson Racing. They won the race. But I, I think that's the fun part about Talladega is that is that it's this wild card enough so that if you're one of these little teams on the cup side or on the Xfinity side, you go there, you go there thinking this could be our week. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was a great run for Jeb Burton. And, and yeah. they, it wasn't just, I mean, they they spent a lot of time at the front there. Yeah, I did. mean, both both he and his teammate, Parker Retzloff, I've finished with, started in top 10 positions, finished in top 10 positions. Yeah. They raced pretty well all day. It's, it'd be fun to talk to him about how that program's grown. Really well, that's for sure. Shane is a
1: 38-year-old racer from Sarasota, Florida, and uh, look forward to catching up with him. Not a guy that a lot of us know, a lot of us, also included. I had to dig pretty hard. uh, You and I, we got a lot of personal questions we're going to get into with Shane as well, and of course, what this means for Jordan Anderson Racing. So stay with us. Shane went back. He joins us next. Welcome back to Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, and one of the things we've always talked about on Crew Call is we love first-time winners, and we have got one. Picked up the win with driver Jeb Burton in the NASCAR Xfinity Series from Jordan Anderson Racing. Shane Whitbeck joins us. Hello, Shane. How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you? I I am well. I am well. What does it feel like to be a winning crew chief in one of NASCAR's top tiers?
0: I mean, it's finally starting to sink in because when it happened on Saturday night there, it just was such an unreal feeling to finally get it as a crew chief. And now coming to the shop and realizing that all of our hard work and all the late nights has paid off and everybody here at Jordan Anderson racing, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. It's just, it's so hard to explain to somebody when you finally accomplish a dream that you've had when you were a little boy and now you, now you've done it.
2: How does, I'll just build off of that. How does it change how you, how the rest of your season plays out for you and for your teammate?
0: So now, obviously we're going to help concentrate the best we can to get the 31 and the chase. So anything we can do there to help them. But for us, we go back to, I just call it the basics. Our goal each week is 10th to the 15th. We know we're real of what kind of team we are. And our goal is 10th to 15th. And anything we can do above 10th is just a icing on the cake each week. So we go back to the basics, run consistent races, build cars, and keep putting speed in them. Because if, if we do something and tear a car up, we're not that big of an organization yet where we can just fix it that quick. So coming home with good cars each week that we can keep building, keep putting speed in them, just helps everything.
1: Shane, I was running your numbers, and I find it fascinating that you targeted 10th to 15th. because you have half of your races going into the race of Talladega where top 15 finishes. Um, so, yeah. so, you just, you, you, so you're accomplishing the goal there 50% of the time, which is good in, in, in motorsports. That, that has got to be very satisfying to do that week in and week out and come back with all of those great finishes.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really good. It helps build momentum. It helps build the confidence in all the guys that we can do this and we're doing our goals. And now as we keep going forward, we'll start moving that goal up to maybe 12th to 8th and something like that and just keep doing it. So when we get ready to go to the chase time, we're, people look at us and see how consistent we are, that they know that we're going to be there week in, week out. And we may not be winning every week, but we're going to be there at the end of the races contending. So that's that's the big thing.
2: Can you talk about the path of building yourself, You know, building the program forward. Uh both of you and Parker Retzloff, uh were strong qualified the top ten at talladega and and I think both came out with top ten finishes is, is does your team have like does it does it have that mentality did you put extra emphasis in the speedway races because it's kind of level or or how does how does that is there any special emphasis on the plate stuff or just you just guys that good this weekend
0: it's it's funny it's we you kind of circle some races with an organization like us that we can go and we know we can compete with everybody obviously every week we feel like we can but you got the speedway races that it's kind of a equal factor and then the short track races are a equal factor in our book where it's more mechanical grip and not so much of the aero stuff and you look at martinsville where parker he qualified fourth and jeb we had a little incident in qualifying but both cars went up and rang on the top 10 there richmond we ran good and then we we knew from Daytona that we had really good cars and then we showed up there and we just kept working on them and fine tuning them. And we were able to bring them home from Daytona and just keep buffing on them things to make them fast. And we had the confidence going there that if we made the right decision and the right calls that we would be there at the end of the race and Parker got caught up in some stuff and, but still came out with a seventh place finish. So it really showcases how good the cars were down there. We were able to dictate some stuff and, Brad Keselowski told me a long time ago when I was with him on the speedway racing, the best race there is your offense because that's your best defense. And we had the car where we could control our destiny, make moves that we needed to make, get out front and kind of dictate the race how we wanted to do it and not get caught up in something.
2: And you get to bring those two cars home and buff on them again going forward, right?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the only damage we got is on the tail when the tow truck had to push us to victory lane when he knocked transmission out of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a good. That is good damage to yes, have. You yes. know that yeah. and, that yeah. and confetti in every part of the race car. That's good. That's good cleanup to have. That's for sure. The size, scope, and scale of Jordan Anderson Racing. You guys are competing against Junior Motorsports, against Collog, against Joe Gibbs Racing. How many people, cars? How, just just how big is your operation there?
0: So I think right now we're. I think we're up to ten, maybe eleven guys. And uh we got a total of around fourteen, fifteen chassis amongst the two of us. And wow. we're we're building each week. We when we decided to do it this winter, we really went to work and that's something we kind of looked at as all right, we need to start building cars, we need to get four super speedway cars done. And now with the extra road courses that we got this year, we had to really focus on getting some more road course cars done and getting the downforce stuff together. So the guys that we got are got a lot of heart and soul and they're racers, true and true. And they're here working late every night and making sure everything is done. And the biggest thing for us is the attention to details. And it shows up on the racetrack because, like you said, we're a smaller organization. But if we're here working, putting hours in, I know everybody works but and says it. But our guys are truly doing everything we need to do to do this. So.
2: Yeah, I, I, it sounds a lot like, you, you bring me back to memories of mine. You know, it's you go back to the, uh, it's pre-2010, but right. uh, the small teams that could. Uh, it's it's really cool to hear that those kinds of stories still working today. Um, and you brought it up. You had to build a couple road course cars. How does a team like yours, I was looking at the schedule, back-to-back road course events on the West Coast, Portland and Sonoma. How, how do you handle that logistically? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you got a plan, at least a vision of how that is.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have two full-blown road course cars that we built to go out there. Our plan is to stay out there on the West Coast, and we'll see how we get through Portland. Uh, our road course program is pretty strong. I, we had, last year with my we actually ran second at Portland, so I'm looking forward to them races to go back out there and do it, because I felt like Portland's one of them racetracks, especially in the rain. That was equalized to us. It's all about four-wheel drive at that point, and we we got some stuff for there, kind of figured out. I feel so. I'm excited about going there.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And save the car at Portland though, because uh, make it uh, bring it bring it like your Daytona car. Bring it back and just buff on it or, or buff on it in a hotel parking lot somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. That is that is really, really cool. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about you, Shane. Uh, you're from Sarasota, Florida. And I know you did a significant stint with Brad Keselowski. And I, and I probably want to talk about that a little bit. But how did you get from Sarasota, Florida to to the to the NASCAR world?
0: So I kind of grew up in a racing family. My family's from uh, New York up by Fonda Speedway. Oh. And my grandfather was a racer. And then they moved to Florida. And my dad raced a car similar to like a sprint car at East Bay. And I kind of grew up in it. You know, you you get the bug at a very young age. You watch your father do it, your grandfather do it. And then I started racing go-karts. And when I got out of school, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I was fortunate enough to get a $25,000 scholarship from Craftsman Tools. And I used that to go to the school that it was, everything just kind of works out, perfect timing. I got the scholarship and then they had the school open up in north carolina the nti school uh nascar technical school so i was like you know this is this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so i took the money went there and then i met the people and kind of got in the sport and todd knows it's all about as you meet people make the relationships you just kind of keep moving and i was at kelly sutton's truck team working and i remember meeting brad as he was coming down on a three-wheel cart riding it like a skateboard in california <laughs> and that was the year his parents team was getting ready to start shutting down and we just became friends and had a relationship from there and this kept moving on and talking all the time and then when he started his uh his deal he called me and said hey man i really want you to come work over here and help build something for me i told him well i'm in it for the long haul so i went over there and our relationship just grew and i can't tell you how much that that relationship put me in the spot that I am now of what I learned on them earlier days with him.
1: That is, that is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The school of Brad Keselowski and Todd, you're, you, you spent a lot of time with Brad and you have shared with him. Brad Keselowski is a, there, there's a lot of wisdom in that man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, people don't understand that how his brain always is thinking about what's next, what yes. to do. And, when you get to hang out with them and see it, you really learn, and it really bevishes you as people. And that was one thing there is I know everybody talks about all the drivers that got put out of Frank Zlowski racing, but there was a lot of crew guys that came out of there too that are very good and we're good at what we do. And everybody, all of us talked about how great that place was and how much fun we had. And that's kind of what I'm trying to make here with Jordan's is, It's a lot of work and a lot of hours, but we also have to have fun and get along and have a good time. So it really, it really helps.
2: Yeah, definitely the recipe for success there and and, and, and what you're talking about there. Uh, Talk a little bit, you know, you were a truck guy through Brad's program and then then with uh, Corey Roper, I believe for a while. Talk about the transition from trucks to Xfinity cars that you went through.
0: It was, it was a lot at first to kind of go through you. Do so much stuff with them trucks for so long and all the information you kind of get and then trying to figure out the tr- the cars. And honestly, one of the big things I feel like has helped us is the rule change this year with what they did in the rear end housings with the SKU and stuff like that. It kind of brought it closer to stuff that I've done in the past. And it's really... Some of that stuff has been able to implement, and it it kind of brought all the teams. I feel like it was a big reset as everybody had their kind of start over. It's not as bad, not as much as what the, uh, the new car is in the Cup Series, but it still was a reset for us, and I feel like that helped our organization where we can all be on a playing field trying to learn what we need to do to get to the next level with speed.
1: Yeah, man, cool. I love that. And I, I hadn't thought about that rule change because I'd heard, I'd heard some teams at the top end of the spectrum whining about the rule change, but I hadn't figured out how, how
2: the, the equalizing fact of it. Creates it. a reset, right? Yep. So everybody's, everybody's chasing the same thing, and nobody has a known notebook at that yeah. point. It totally makes sense. Yeah, and that,
0: that was the big thing for us. We only had a two-year notebook versus some guys that had 10, 15-year notebooks, you know, and when this happened, it just helped everything.
1: Wow. Fantastic. That is good stuff. I, I, I got two thoughts here. I Googled Shane Whitbeck, and a modified car from Fonda showed up on my thing and I'm like, well he's not from Fonda he's from Sarasota, Florida, so that must have been your grandfather's car. Uh, what was so? It?
0: yeah yeah, so my grandfather was up there, and he ran it, back in the day it was called AAA cars, and he helped out a lot with David Lape and stuff up there, and David actually has helped some of uh Stuart freezing and stuff like that. So our family has a lot of roots up there with all them people and stuff like that. And we actually was, this one was kind of tough for us because we actually lost David to mm-hmm. some of the battles he was facing. But my grandfather actually was inducted in the hall of fame at Fonda Speedway. I believe it was three years ago, something like that. So he's up there in that. And he's also was inducted in the Saratoga hall of fame. So we've been, we've been racing a long time. I'm the first one to make it the NASCAR. Now I can say I'm a, NASCAR winner.
1: Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Yeah. Dave late Lapco chassis. I remember when he built those cars. I, I'm from the Binghamton area and I wrote for Gator Racing News forever and ever. And so Dirt Modifieds were where I covered it. Didn't get to Fonda all that regularly because you can't get from Binghamton to Fonda. Um, but, um, you know, but Dave late mentioned in that name. Uh, that's that's really, really cool. The other thing that just struck out to me is this show, Crew Call, is a, a remake, if you will, of NASCAR Performance Live. It's a show Larry McReynolds and I did for years and years. And the first five or six years, we did this show at NASCAR Technical Institute mm-hmm. in the area there. Uh, John Dodson and that crew does a great job over there. It's got to be rewarding, Shane, to be a winning crew chief and a graduate of NTI. That, that place has produced a lot of really, really good people as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool to see... See some of the kids come up here, and it's, it's one of them places where it's like anything else in life. When you get there, you've got to take the opportunity that they give you. They teach you some good knowledge and give you some fundamentals and some basics, and then being able to go out in the real world and apply what you've learned there is definitely something that I'm thankful for, and it gave... The biggest thing it gave me a reason to come off North Carolina, change is always hard. So then having something like that, and then when Craftsman Tools got behind me when they did, it was something to push you as a young man to, to go out and try to be successful.
1: That is a great, great story, and we are going to end it there, Shane. Congratulations again to you and you guys your win. We wish you the best of Dover this weekend and on throughout the season, and uh, thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. We really appreciate the time.
0: All right, thanks for having me, guys. There we go.
1: Shane Whitback, winning crew chief, NASCAR Xfinity Series. Stay with us. More Crew Call in just a moment. Welcome back. It is crew call here on the motor racing network, Todd Gordon and Steve post hanging out. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, um, Shane is a guy that I didn't know much about. Um, I think I uh, jumped up on the pit box and uh, interviewed him maybe once before. Um, but boy, I'm telling you what, that was really, really neat to catch up with him. I love those stories of guys that are just grounded out, grounded out, grounded out. And here he is a winning crew chief. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's definitely uh it's, it, it reminds me a lot of my path. This, Honestly, yeah. there, there was a lot of similarities there, uh, making the commitment to coming here, not knowing what you're going to do. And uh, and then just working hard, you know, taking yeah. the opportunities in front of you and making the most of them. And he's done that. Obviously, uh, involved in Brad Kozlowski's uh, truck program, uh, Brad's a great resource to kind of give you that that mentality of what it takes to be successful. It, he talked about it. Brad's mind never stops. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I was a screw chief one year, his mind never stops. Really? I, I worked around <laughs> him a lot, a lot of admiration for Brad and what he built out of the truck team. And to his point, drivers oh, that came through that, gosh. I mean, you look at it, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Hemrick, Ross Chastain drove there. I mean, there's, there's you look at who drove at BKR. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a it's it's a who's who of the, of the up and comers. But also on the crew side, he's instilled a lot of that in those guys. And it's really cool to see him at a small team and, and being successful. You no, know, it's that's that whole, I got 10 guys, right? I got 10 guys and I'm trying to make this happen. And um, yeah, it's just,
1: me and, just a great, guy, great piece. me and my 10 guys are going to take on Dale Jr., Joe Gibbs and Matt Colling. I you know?
2: yes. yeah. got it worked out pretty good this past weekend. It did. It'd be fun to watch what happens through the rest of yeah. the season with that stress off of, of, of knowing where you need to be. Yeah. And, and the thing that you said, I, I, that number
1: jumped out when I was doing the stats. The only top 10 they have was the win. Okay. But four of their races were top 15s. And so it's like, okay. And then he comes right off. He says, we need to look at 10 through 15. Well, you look at it and you are achieving it 50% of the time. That's pretty good stuff. That yeah. is for sure. All right. Our friends at Performance Racing Network have the monster mile, but what do we need to know? What do we need to look for? What does a crew chief need to do in preparing a car for the monster? Uh. Oh, you're shaking your head. I'm glad oh, I get to watch it on TV. Is, this is one of those.
2: Years, this is one of those weeks you're glad you're not. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a really cool place. Uh, it, it's it's unique. It's different than any place else. You don't really have a notebook that you can work off of uh, because it's it's unique. It's its own racetrack, high banked concrete, one mile. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to Elton Sawyer on on his morning drive yep. segment this week and uh, talked about just you feel like you're always in a corner, loaded up in the corner, loaded up in the corner, and it's tough to pass. It's narrow. The straightaways are self-cleaning. So you got to, it's very precise. You pay big penalties for making mistakes here. So uh, uh, just figuring out how to keep your car turning through the center of the corner and getting into the corner. Getting in there, landing. Because you, it's a jump. I mean, it's a it's jump. Crazy. You crazy. It's like, it's like off-road truck racing into the corners. Yeah. It's, there's an out, because of the banking of the front straightaway and the back straightaway. Right. You, you, when you're out at the wall, you're, you're a, you're a story up. Yeah, you know, and then you drive over the hump and down into the corner. Uh, it, it's a very unsettling feeling to get into the corners at, at Bristol or at, at Dover. Yeah, and, and it's like Bristol, but exaggerated because there's so much banking on the, on the front stretch. It's a big jump down
1: in the corners. What I was fascinated when when we don't do practice shows, when MRN doesn't do practice shows, I'll go down and stand in the in the in the garage area down there. And boy, it is one of those dramatic. You can tell who gets on the gas first and who doesn't. You know, and when that car lands. When that car lands, if there's, somebody, if there's somebody hammering that throttle just as that car lands, you look at the pylon and he's going to be up there. If there's someone hanging on for a second, a
2: second, uh, hanging on for a half a second, yeah. it, it is a major difference. And, and it's, it's funny because I, I've worked with drivers with, but there's two different characteristics of driving around this place. Like yeah. you, you drive off that hill and as soon as the car loads up, you pick part throttle up and roll that speed through the center. And then, and then you're, you're part throttle all the way through the corner until it unloads. And then you're wide open. Then again. Wide open yeah. Or there's the guys that they just roll on in there and they roll the speed and they don't pick up the throttle, but then they get a little bit and they're wide open. So it's, it's, so they're able to jump to wide open at that there, point. There, yeah. there are, there it's, there are different ways of driving this and different drivers drive this place differently. Yeah. Um, I worked with Joey Logano who'd won a ton of Xfinity races there. Yeah, you're right. And we never won a cup race. Like, really? It's yeah, I just figure out. Just, yeah. uh, it's different, but, uh, um, a unique place, uh, the place if you watch it, it blackens up, it takes rubber. Yeah. Um, I remember my memories from the place, the first practice you go through a set of tires, you'll be showing cords in 10 laps yeah. but by the time we get some rubber in the racetrack, the place will go the tire wear is not a concern at all so uh, through the runs, it gets a little wider, you start seeing as it gets blacker and gets more rubber down, the place gets wider and our startup's racetrack, then then you can get some racing going.
1: Going to be fun. That is for sure. Love racing at the Monster Mile. And again, our friends at PRN have the coverage of that. Motor Racing Network is off as far as our live coverage goes this weekend, but we have all kinds of great stuff for you to catch up with. You can go to MRN.com or go to Facebook or YouTube cha- well, YouTube channel as well, NASCAR Live, our Tuesday night tradition. NASCAR Live wide open because we can't fit it all into that one hour Tuesday night program. NASCAR Coast to Coast, covering the roots of NASCAR Car racing wing nation covering sprint cars and of course this crew call show and if you're enjoying this show like subscribe and share it with your friends we would truly appreciate it so uh let's see so we're uh, mrn we're off for dover and then we're off to kansas so that'll be fun
2: yeah that'll be a blast looking forward to it i get to i get to be up the booth there back here with us i'll be there for the for the events there in kansas and uh uh, a cool event, a racetrack. I really love the Progressive Banking there. It's it's yeah. it's one of my favorites.
1: Boy, we got a good schedule coming up: Kansas, Darlington, North Wilkesboro. Man, oh man, it yes. is it is good season of NASCAR, good, good time of the year in NASCAR racing. Definitely, is. we appreciate Shane Whitback for joining us. Great, great catching up with him from over at Jordan Anderson Racing. More important though than all of that, thank you for joining us here this time on Crew Call.